HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. The great state of Wisconsin is home to the only master cheesemaking program outside of Switzerland. Learn more about Wisconsin's cheesemaking history at wisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported podcast network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. This year, we're celebrating 10 years of food radio. For the past decade, we've been taking you behind the scenes of farms, restaurants, breweries, school cafeterias, and more. It's been 10 years, and we're just getting started. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hi, and welcome to Opening Soon on Heritage Radio Network. I am your host, Jenny Goodman, and I'm missing my co-host, Alex, today. He is in Nashville with the wonderful team at Henrietta Red Creative directing a photo shoot for an upcoming Tillit launch. So stay tuned for that. Um, but if you're just tuning in, then Opening Soon is a weekly show that walks you through the business of opening restaurants. We chat with some of the world's greatest chefs, like our guest today, Angie Marr. <laughs> restaurateurs and different vendors that help take your business from just an idea to getting those doors actually open. Um, we're here because if you don't know us already, Alex and I had a pretty pitiful failed attempt at opening our own restaurant about 10 years ago, but we've since learned a lot from restaurateurs as we've run our successful workwear brand, Tillit. Um, so this season, we are talking all about um, finding financing and how you really get to that path of those doors getting open. We started the season off talking to Camilla Marcus from Westbourne about a traditional path to financing and seeking investors. And last week, we talked to Maya Lovelace in Portland, and she crowdsourced her funding, which was really interesting. So um, there are all alternatives out there. And then this week, we're talking about how you get to that path from ownership. So starting out as a chef and then actually becoming a chef owner. Um, most people who have been on the show previously took a traditional and conventional path, but Angie does nothing conventional or traditional, <laughs> so we're super excited to have her on today. If you don't know Angie Marr, she is a lover of all things meat. She was a food and wine best new chef in 2017, which is the year after she opened, she took over as the chef owner of the Beatrice Inn. And if you haven't been to the Beatrice Inn, well, it is still one of the most coveted res reservations to get in New York City. Um, and it's absolutely delicious, so go hungry. 
Anyways, happy to have you here, Angie. Thank you for joining Thank us. Thank you for having me. Yes. I'm so excited to be here. Super excited. Um, so tell us a little bit about how, you know, your background, how you came to be the <clears throat> chef owner at The Bee. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I took over The Beatrice uh, 2013 in the fall um, when it was owned by Graydon Carter. I uh, worked there for about a year and a half before I started negotiating to buy it myself. Um, and I, you know, I closed in 2016 in April. Didn't tell anybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I kept it a big secret. I think you knew. You and yeah. Alex knew. I mean, I like, remember yeah, when this summer. was happening and you were like, something's happening. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. You know, it went public in um, July, end of July of 2016. And I shut the doors immediately. Right. Yeah. I shut the doors immediately. I needed time to like, you know, write a menu and figure out what I, I wanted the Beatrice to be, um, and just really get my feet under me, you know? So it's, so you started negotiating <clears throat> after a year and a half. It took mm-hmm. you another six months. Is that right? Forever, Am I kidding? Yeah. It took, so it's, so you would think it would be so much faster. It's if you're not already, though, if you think about it, it's yeah. not because it's like, you know, you've got to, you know, it, it doesn't change the structure of a deal. Right. right? So regardless of if, you know. Um, I was there or not. It was like, you've got to do your due diligence, you've right. got to do all of the things. And, you know, being a chef there is completely different than actually looking at a business to purchase. So true. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, it's it's a huge, huge undertaking because, you know, a lot of times just, you know, even if you are a chef, you've got visibility on, you know, maybe your food costs, your labor costs, things that you can control, but not the actual running of a business. Right. It, doesn't, it has nothing to do with, you know, profit loss, um, you know, all of the things that are tremendously important. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> Which I, well, it's really funny, you know, and, and, and a lot of people ask me, they're always like, you know, do you, um, you know, cause I'm a career changer. Right. And a lot of people ask me, uh, you know, since I come from a restaurant family, um, you know, if I wish I'd gotten into this sooner. And the answer is no, because I think, you know, where a lot of young restaurateurs fail Mm -hmm. is that, you know, a lot of people, I think especially now, have this very much romanticized idea of, you know, owning a restaurant, what it is, you know, to be a creative Mm -hmm. and, you know, to be in the kitchen cooking every day. And it's like, guys... It's a business. Yeah, that's why we're here. It's a business. It's a business. Right. You know, it's a business. And, you know, and, and you know, I've got, I've got a book coming up and I, I talk about that in my book where it's like, um, you know, yeah, did I get into this because I wanted to cook and create? And absolutely, absolutely. Um, but, you know, it's hard to be creative when you can't pay your light bill. Yeah. So, you know, you've got... You can't be, feed yeah. mouths when you can't pay exactly. the bills. So it has exactly. to be a business. What it's is, a business. What did, so what did your due diligence process look like, you know, coming mm-hmm. into a business that was existing that you actually had been a part of for a year right. and a half? And then, you know, how, what did that whole process look like and how you did know, you know it was the right move? Yeah, there's so much, there's so many aspects to it. And I think that every single, you know, deal is, uh, you know, it's all unique, mm-hmm. but... But, you know, you got to look at the real estate, right? You got to look at the real estate. You got to look at the lease. You've got to look at profit and loss statements. You've got to look at accounts payable, um, you know, uh, relationships with existing purveyors, yeah. liquor licenses. Uh, you know, uh, that's just a start. You so know, it sounds like it almost was like doing it from scratch, even though it is, it's yeah. exactly, yeah. You know, it's exactly like doing it from scratch. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I, I come from a real estate background, you know, that's what I used to do. So, uh, for me, it was all about 
the lease. Yeah. You know, and, and even, you know, I've been looking at for space, new space for years. And, you know, it's uh, for me even now as, you know, I'm, I'm going into a growth period where it's like, you know, Beatrice is great. We love it. You know, it's doing really well. And so we start to look at what can we expand into next. Mm-hmm. It's all about the real estate. It is, especially yeah. in New York. And we have we had Aaron and Agatha from Up and Leon the first season, and we talked a lot about real <coughs> estate. But it's, you know, especially in New York, real estate matters. So mm-hmm. Angie, for those of you who don't know, is in the heart of the West Village and this, like, historic space. Mm-hmm. So did it, Did you know from the beginning that that just felt right? Or no, I didn't you... want the space. <laughs> you didn't want it? <laughs> didn't want You're it. like, I don't want this space? No, Why? I didn't. More. You know, it's because so I was, you know, I was a chef there, and I was I was already looking to do something else. And yeah, I was going to ask. Raise money thinking? and... And, uh-huh. and, you know, get all the, you know, go out on my own and start fresh. And um, when the opportunity came to buy the Beatrice, I didn't want it. And it it really took me a minute to, uh, you know, to really embrace the idea. And now I can't imagine not Without being it. there. It's my home, you know. It literally is her home. She is literally I sleep there. there I definitely the sleep there. I sleep on table 26 <laughs> all the time. So if you're lucky enough to be seated at table 26... <laughs> Just know that is where Chef rests her head. I yeah, love exactly. It. Um, you know, and but but that's really you know it's it's about the real estate. It's about feeling it. Yeah. And you know what changed my mind was uh, you know Pat Lafreda. You know, he's a very very dear friend of mine. And you know I called him and I I was like, look, you know I've got this opportunity to buy the restaurant. I don't want to do it. And he was like, why would you not want to do it? He's yeah. like, it's a piece of New York history. It really is. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it is like a. It's a legendary space. It is. It is. And, you know, for more than just the club years, you yeah. know, in the 70s, how did it? It was one of New York's first speakeasies. You know, mm-hmm. Fitzgerald and Hemingway and Zelda used to drink there. And, you know, it was an Italian restaurant for over 50 years. Right. It's been a part of New York history for almost 100 years. And, um, you know, once I really, really understood that and could get out of my own way, yeah, uh, you know, I... I I've since come to realize that, you know, the Beatrice is not just a small chapter in my history. Like, I'm just a small chapter in the Beatrice's history uh, in New York. And and for me, it's such an honor, you know, to be its custodian and steward during during this chapter. Oh, that's so beautiful. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I feel very lucky. So as you look for something else, you know, what, what are you, like, what would you have done if you hadn't bought the B? Like, what would you be looking for in your next venture? Um, well, had I not bought the B, I probably, um, you know, I, I don't know what it would have looked like. Yeah. I don't know what it would have looked like. Um, you know, I, I, you know, and I always try not to dwell on what it could, what could have been, of you know, not, I, yeah. I always like, like to live in the present. Yeah. Um, but I am very fortunate to have had Pat there to talk some sense into me. <laughs> I lo- and we talk a lot about on the show about like finding mentors and mm-hmm. asking them for advice <clears throat> and like making sure that we, that we, you know, lean on them. So that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's awesome. It's so important. It's so important. And yeah, it's amazing that you had somebody yeah. to go to. So speaking of like mentors and other people, who else is like a partner? Did you have to go and seek investors or partners in the B when you, you know, were like, okay, Pat, yeah. this is it. I'm doing it. Thank yeah, you for yeah. the advice. Now I need the money. How, yeah. did, how did that shake out? Well, you know, I, um, so I come from a restaurant 
family, um, and uh, my father was one of ten. One so, of ten? Yeah, I was one of ten. So you have five thousand like, like so cousins. Many <laughs> I have so many relatives, but you know, but uh, the thing is, is that like even on my dad's side and also on my mother's side, you know, everybody's always been in the food industry. So whether it's restaurants, frozen food factories, uh, you know, my grandfather owned a like a ramen, like an instant noodle company in Taipei. Um, you know, food has always been it's food and business DNA. and commerce have always been a part of my DNA. So basically, it's like I hope you had fun in real estate for five minutes. Yeah. Um, you're destined to be in the food world. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> it, well, except, except for my five minutes was like eleven years. But, <laughs> eleven you <years>. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, the thing is, is that my family. Uh, you know, they, my dad's side of the family, they grew up in the, de- the Great Depression. Right. And um, being one of 10 kids and being orphaned at a very young age, um, you know, they really believed that you kept the family together. Um, and the way that they survived that was, you know, my aunt was Ruby Chow. She was a, a huge icon yeah. and, and restaurateur and, uh, you know, later on a politician. Right. So, um, you know, she she was the oldest, and she kept the whole family together. So we were really raised with the idea of, you know, you open businesses, you open it with the family. family. Mm-hmm. You know, you make money, you make it with the family, and that's it. And it's like if you're invited into the family, that's great, but like blood is blood, right? Um, and so that's how we've always operated. I, you know, my brothers do the menu and the web design. Oh, and, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They they do the menu and the web design oh, for so cool. the restaurant. Um, my cousin is my business partner. And I knew your cousin. Yeah, yeah. She and I grew up together. Um, so, you know, for us, it's like, yeah, uh, look, friends we, you know, and family, we've been sharing a room family. since we were seven, <laughs> you know, every summer since we were seven, you know, cause she grew up in Asia and, and, you know, every summer she would live at my house. Um, so, you know, we shared a room since we were seven and now we share our business and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's all about family for yeah. us. Um, and it's, it's something that, you know, if my father were here today, he'd yeah. be very, very proud. Yeah. Yeah. I be- look, I believe in a family business. Yeah, you um, do. <laughs> like I live it and breathe it every day. Love you, Alex. Um, but yeah, no, I think there is something and people ask us a lot, like, how do you work with family? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you can probably speak to this too, but it's like, how do you work with any part? It's a partner is a partner, whether they're like blood, marriage, sibling or whatever. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So you went out to friends and family, which is what most people do for the first step too. It's just fortunate that your whole family is in the restaurant industry and gets it. Yeah. Um, So like when you went to them and said, I want to buy the restaurant, everybody's like, I'm on board. It's just, you know, it was, it's me and my cousin. It's just you and your cousin. It's just me and my cousin. Yeah. Yeah. It's just me and my cousin. We own it wholly and it's, it's, uh, you know, it's really fantastic. I like it that way. Yeah. You know, because I think anybody from the outside wouldn't have been able to understand uh, how we grew up. And, and so much of my food is tied to my family yeah. and how we grew up and our history, our heritage, um, you know. And I I think that it's one thing to come in, you know, and enjoy a meal there and, and really relish it. It's another thing to do business with us. Yeah. You know, um, because there's, there's a certain way that we were raised and there's a certain way that we do business. Yeah. And it's, you know. It, it wouldn't have worked any other way. Yeah. Yeah. Is your cousin actively involved? Like, does she have different skill set than you? And My cousin actually, yeah, she's amazing. She, um, you know, she's just, she's a huge, huge PR magnet. And, uh, you know, I, I love it because, uh, you know, I think there was a time 
if you talk to any like old school chef, uh, you know, there was a time when it's like all we had to do was cook good food, right? Not anymore. You, know, you gotta not be, anymore. yeah. Um, I call it omni channel. You have to be fucking everywhere. Like, yeah, you, you just gotta do be everywhere. You, yeah. you gotta be everywhere. Yeah. You gotta be able to do the interviews. You gotta be able to go on TV. Mm-hmm. You gotta be able to write. You've gotta be personable. Gotta talk you know. to people. There's no more exactly. hiding in the back and toiling away. You, and have, you know, yeah. it's funny because I'm like, I'm so antisocial. So it's like really she hard for me. She's not antisocial. Well, I'm totally antisocial. May, you might be antisocial, <laughs> but you're lovely to be around. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I'm, but you know, I'm very antisocial. So yeah. it's like, you know, it, it took a while for me to really like break out of my shell and be able to like you know to do all these things um but you know i realize it's it's what we have to do it's a part of the business yeah you know again it all goes back to the business it does you have you can't just create you have to be you have to be a brand and you have to create the brand and you have to be able to portray that to your potential diners well also too you know i think in this day and age it's like you got to be a good person because we don't you know you got to be a good person because at the end of the day it's like I don't care what all these young new kids think. Like, we don't support assholes. I, we don't. But for the better. I mean, thank God. Yeah, that's thank a, God. Thank God. Right? I, yeah. It's because it used to be like the asshole, the crazy genius, right. this person comes on top. But that's not what it is, though. That's not, nobody's going to want to work with you, for you. Nobody for, wants to work yeah. with you. Nobody wants to work for you. Yeah. Nobody wants to support you because yeah. it's just not what it is. And, no. you know, it so is about the culture yeah. and about raising the next generation of cooks in the yeah. right way. So we're not hearing about, you know, yeah. all this other stuff that the culinary industry has had shake out over the last two years. Yeah. You know, but it's up to us to put in the work. Yeah, for sure. What do you do to like foster that sense of culture and community in your kitchens and restaurants? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it's, it's really interesting because just like we're talking about family and, you know, I do business with my family. It's, um, you know, we're very selective about the hiring process and bringing people in and, it is, it's hard to find good people. And I think a lot of it is a generational thing as well. Um, but when we find good people, that's when we hire them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, something that's always tremendously important to me is we got to pay it forward. Yeah. Right. We got to pay, especially at your level and at my level and everything that we're doing, because we are out there and we're building brands and we're hustling, but it's like, we have to pay it forward to the next generation. Um, so, you know, for me, it's like, you know, it's great. And it's great that I get to sit here and do this with you. And, and, you know, after this, I've got another meeting and another meeting, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, I'm, you know, still going to end up in my whites and I'm still going to be at the restaurant, you know, whether I spend dinner service with them or not, you know, I'm going to end up at my restaurant closing with them. Yeah talking to them at the end of the night as we clean up the kitchen together because it's a commitment that I've made to them. Yeah. You know, and it's it's important because getting that FaceTime and making sure it's like kids, right? Yeah, no, you, you know, have to be there. You exactly. Nurture. You, you gotta have to nurture, nurture. You've got to inspire. Yeah. And it's like, you know, somebody took the time to take me under their wing and put me in the right direction. And, you know, it's only right that we do the same yeah. and that we pay it forward. And I think that, you know, there's chefs out there that really take the mentoring seriously and then there's chefs out there that are just like you know hire people just to fill it fill a space as a body and that's where I think that you have a lot of the next generation of cooks that are not learning the skills they're not learning you know they're learning how to cook great but they're not learning how to run a business they're not learning how to be a leader they're not learning what it actually takes to be in this industry and be successful. And then you're not setting up the industry for success either. No. I mean, we always talk about like hiring slow. I mean, and this goes 
too, to like the path of becoming an owner. Like if you're mm-hmm. not mentored on this is what a PL looks like, this is how mm-hmm. you actually operate a business, then how are you going to have a next generation of successful chefs and restaurants? Well, it's also about relationships, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's true. It's also know. about relationships. I mean, you know, it's, you know, there's, there's always like the business side of yep. things that I think is tremendously important. But I also think too, a big part of like your job and my job yeah. with everybody that works for us is introducing them to the right people, yeah. making sure that they are conducting themselves in the right way. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it won't matter like if their name is on, you know, uh, my name's on their resume or not. Like if, if they're not good, good. if yep. they're not decent people, right. you know, our industry won't support that. Yeah. And I think that that's something that has to be said yeah. because I don't think enough people talk about it, you know? Yeah. No, it's true. And we had Camilla Marcus on earlier <clears throat> in the season and she said too, she's like, this industry is built on people, period. It's built on relationships built on, and we yeah. don't burn bridges, you know? And yeah. I've had, I've had cooks, you know, that work with me and they burn bridges. I, I have no idea where they are now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And people want to help. I mean, I think yeah. that goes back to you calling Pat Lafreda and saying, yeah. hi, I need, you know, like, can I bend your ear about yeah. me possibly like buying this restaurant? 100%. It's like, and I tell people all the time, like, people are like, oh, I'm scared to ask somebody for help. I'm no, like, people want you to have help to. you. People want to give you yes. their advice. All you, you have, to, have to ask for help. Yeah. You, we have to ask for help because the thing yeah. is, is that, you know, and I say this all the time. It's like, and this is, I think, one of the most important things about business is that we're not going to have all all of the answers. We're never supposed to have all of the answers, but you surround yourself with people that are better than you are and it enriches your life. It enriches your business and that's how you're successful, but you're successful because you know, you, you recognize that it's the ones that know it all. Those are the ones that will fail. And, and you know, I, I just think it's, it's so important to, to have, be able to have that humility for sure. I mean, with it goes business, two ways. With yeah. Business, like it goes from the employee to the employer and back again, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, cool. Let's take, we got to take a super quick mm-hmm. break to hear from our sponsors and then we'll come back with more. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin cheese. Did you know that 90% of Wisconsin's milk is made into cheese? And this is not just any milk. When Swiss, German, and Italian cheesemakers first settled into Wisconsin, they chose their new home because of the special terroir of the region. Its soil and water are nurtured by the goodness of glacial sediment, and those elements lend themselves to the very best milk. Today, Wisconsin produces 25% of all cheeses made in the U.S., and Wisconsin cheeses have won more awards than any other state or country in the world. How do they do it? Wisconsin cheesemakers combine their heritage and tradition with nonstop innovation. They were the first state to establish cheese grade standards and the first to require that every cheese plant be overseen by a licensed cheesemaker. Wisconsin is the only place outside of Europe where one can pursue an elite master cheesemaker certification. All of these impeccably high standards mean Wisconsin produces more than 48% of the nation's specialty cheese. Are you enjoying this show? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. I'm Luke Griffin, and I'm the host of Bushwick Podcast. Each week, we share the remarkable stories of how artists, activists, and entrepreneurs collide in Bushwick, a special Brooklyn neighborhood that's changing faster by the day. You can find Bushwick Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. 
are back talking with Angie Marr, the chef owner of the Beatrice Inn. Um, so Angie, let's just talk a little bit more about, you know, what changed. We talked a little bit about, you know, you went from chef to owner, you, mm-hmm. you purchased the business and you, you know, briefly touched on this, but besides just like the title and Hey, I actually am responsible for this business. What changed in your day to day and your life? Like what Everything. people being prepared for? Everything. <laughs> everything. I'm still, I'm still dealing with it now. <laughs> You're like, yeah. I'm still losing sleep every yeah. night. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I think, uh, there's, there's, there's several, you know, and obviously like I'm, you know, I'm a cook at heart, right. Yeah. But there's several phases where you go through and it's like, you go from, you know, cook, you know, you player to coach yeah. and then you go from coach to owner. Right. And, um, you know, it took me a really long time, you know, I've owned the business for three years and I, it's, it's hard for me to detach. It's hard for me to like, you that know, take a step away. back yeah. and it's like, you know, I'm always like, I was restaurants closed on Sunday. I was in on Sunday going through everybody's mise en place. Like, is everything <laughs> put away? Okay. You know, like, whatever. Yeah. and, um, you know, it, it is what it is, but it's, um, you know, I think. Uh, my focus really has had to shift in the building of a brand. Yeah. Um, you know, because you you start out and you are so focused on the food and you're focused on the service and you're focused on the ambiance and you're getting the team in place, right? And, um, you know, that's what I focused on for, you know, the past two and a half years. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you're writing a book, which, I've right. you know, it's taken me six years to write it. Six and years. Six years is crazy, I know. Um and I got to start writing another one because I have nothing oh to do God. now. <laughs> You're like, wait, I miss writing for six yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, No, that's, that's real. It's though. true. Yeah. yeah, it's real. And, um, you know, so for me, it's like, uh, you know, focusing on the brand, focusing on the running of a business, focusing on uh, the next steps. Because for me, my focus is now, you know, what do we do next? What yeah. do we do next? Because I've got so much collective talent in yeah. the walls of the Beatrice. It's like, what do, you know, i got to open a place so they've got somewhere to go. Because yeah. I want my team to grow you with me. You want to retain people. You yeah. want to retain people. So it's, you know, it's about building the brand and laying the groundwork out to do yeah. that. Um, which is, you know, it's it's equally as important as making sure the foundation is right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, having good bones. I mean, you have to create the good bones. Mm-hmm. So you spent the last two and a half years doing that. <clears throat> now it's time to expand. Is there anything that, you know, when you were making the transition from chef to chef owner, is there any like resources that you leaned on? Is there anybody that you like went to, or did you just sort of figure it out along the way? No, I, uh, you know, I have, I had a host of people that I, that I leaned on, um, you know, and, and I think it's, it's always so important to have those people, you know, just, uh, having people that, um, you know, own their own businesses, like, you know, like Pat or, you know, having people that, um, I could really trust within, uh, you know, the industry that have been through what, you know, what I was going through, um, and really learning. Yeah, absolutely. All those things. And, and you know what, honestly, having great lawyers to keep you out of trouble. This, we hear this a lot too. Do you want to shout yeah. out who you use? I have seven of them. Seven lawyers? I have one for every day of the week. <laughs> They're all amazing. I love them all. Oh my God. What yeah. is your, uh, what is your legal line and your PL look like? I don't even want to know. You don't want to know. <laughs> I don't even want to know. don't want to know. But it's true. I mean, the, this yeah. is the unsexy shit about owning a business that nobody Gotta like be protected well you just don't even like nobody tells you about it like at first you know it's not what well, you don't sit around and talk to people there's I'm no gonna romance open this business. In it. there's no romance it's like insurance i spend so much money on yeah. insurance accounting yeah. and like legal every year and it's like yeah. it's so unsexy it is so there really are doesn't it know, make you sad 
It does. When I'm you like, think about it, but yeah. it makes you happy because you feel like it's your, your stuff's being taken care yeah, of. So it's okay. Feel, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The insurance one really kills me. The insurance me one kills Because it's really just like, just lighting money on fire, it feels yeah. like. You're like. 100%. Yeah. So yeah. 100%. Me. There's always something else that you need. Always something. I know. Mm-hmm. I just like my, yeah, I'm feeling it right now because I got a notice about my premium increased by like 20%. I'm like, yeah. come on. No, I, like, yeah. I'm in a building that was built in 1878. Yeah. Of course, you know, like it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So, but yeah, so it's, you know, having the professionals that deal with those things yeah. that we're not experts at, like the legal aspects, yeah. the insurance, the accounting, all of that stuff, you know, surrounding yourself with really good people that you can trust mm-hmm. to take care of it is, that was the best thing that I could have ever done. I don't know how people do it on their own. I don't know I how don't people either. do it otherwise, yeah. you know? I know, and some people are like, oh, I'd rather just be a solo owner. I'm like, nope, you no. partners. Because I know there's stuff that I'm not good at, and we, I, we talk a lot, again, about, like, focusing on what you're good at so that you can really, like, nail that piece. Of course. Yeah. <clears throat> of course. Is there anything, what did you change, you know, to, like, the customer, besides, you, I know you shut down for, mm-hmm. was it a couple months or a few weeks? One month. One month. Yeah. So what changed in that one month, and Everything. how was that received? Everything. Everything, yeah. I mean, it was a whole new restaurant when we opened, you know, I, the menu got scrapped, we, you you know, we, we did the whole menu. You, um, you did menu development in one month. From you did. Well, I mean, I've been planning. You've been it. toiling. That's yeah. why. But that's why I didn't tell anybody. Yeah. You know, I closed on it in April uh, of 2016. We didn't tell anybody, and somebody found out in July. Went public, and I just immediately shut the doors because I was like, you know, I'm going to get reviewed. It's a whole thing. Like, you know, and I yeah. had I just kept my mouth shut. That's that was a really thing. hard thing to do in this industry. Yeah, <laughs> it's a hard thing to do. We didn't tell anyone. Yeah. We didn't tell anyone we had bought it, you know? Yeah. Um, but we did it on purpose because we needed time. time. Yeah. We needed time to, to get all of our ducks in a row because, you know, it's, um, you know, to bring, to take a restaurant that has been through what the Beatrice has been through, that has had positives and negatives yeah. and, you know, uh, just, it's like the stuff that, you know, New York dreams are made of, Did right? you find anything crazy when you were renovating? I mean, I, I have the original disco ball from no. when I was a nightclub. I have, yeah, I have like crazy old paintings. I have, it's crazy. Um, you know, so it's like, it's like, you know... To, to be able to take something like that, that, mm-hmm. you know, for all intents and purposes was not a success uh, in its previous form, right. to turn it around and to have, I mean, I don't know of any other restaurant that's a comeback story like the Beatrice. It's such a comeback story. I mean, you yeah. in two stars just shortly after reopening, which is amazing. But like, and you like know, there's, there's two stars yeah. and then there's like a love letter, yeah. two stars. Well, and, exactly. And Pete, was so good to us. Yeah. He, he wrote us a love letter. Yeah, it does read like a love letter. And yeah. yeah, and and you know, for me it was you know, it's, it's interesting because I um yeah, and I, I love him very much for what he did for us because I uh you know, everybody was asking me when I opened the restaurant, they were like, well, what is your food? What is, you know, what do you want to say with it? And I I couldn't articulate it and I didn't have the confidence yet to articulate mm-hmm. what who I was as yeah. a creative, what I was trying to say through my food. I couldn't articulate it at all because I, I didn't know. I just knew I could cook it. Right. You know, I had all these feelings and emotions and ideas, yeah. and I just knew I could just cook it only. And when he wrote that yeah. review in the Times, it gave me the confidence 
you know, it, everything I was trying to say, he put it in that review. See, sometimes you just need to, sometimes you don't have to put words around it. You just, just make, like, you just got to cook and make good food and have yeah. a good space where you, like, treat people right and that's all that matters. Yeah. Somebody and else will do the work for you yeah, when it comes to exactly, labeling. Exactly, exactly. And I, you know, I will always be, like, eternally grateful for him because he, you know, Pete Wells, by writing that, it just gave me the confidence to really take ownership of yeah. who I was and what I was trying to say via my food. Right. And then you had Food and Wine, Best New Chef, yeah. on the tail of that, too. Yeah, so. I know Jordana Rothman. She's my my heart. Yeah, yeah. she's awesome. Um, awesome. All right, well, let's go through a little bit of a lightning round. I love lightning rounds. Love let's a lightning round. So these are meant to be one to two words, but you can definitely okay. elaborate where you feel... You know, okay. appropriate. Let's do it. All right. So, what's the best part about being your own boss? I'm my own boss. <laughs> That's it. Just yeah. being a boss, which Angie embodies the word <laughs> boss. You gotta be bossy. <laughs> gotta be bossy. I know. I'm so bossy, and so is my three year old. Yeah, it's good. Leadership skills. Can I just tell you that her preschool teacher was like, oh, Mally's really good at organizing everybody else. And I was like, okay, you mean she's coming in being bossy pants, which That's I kind great. I was she's got so, leadership skills. I was so proud. Good. Very she's proud got leadership moment. skills. Exactly. Anyways, try not to talk about the kids. Um, the hardest part about being your own boss. Um, my own boss. It's the same answer. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> I know. You got nobody else to be like. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes I sit there and I'm like, oh, you know, I, I want, want to see my friends. I want to, like, have a life with, yeah. you know, a little bit less responsibility. Um, you know, I want to be able to, like, I'm, I'm, I'm booked on a flight to Paris tonight and I can't go. Like, that's, that's a literal thing, you know. Like, i got to cancel it. Um, you know, whatever. You know, it's supposed to be there for Fashion Week, and I, there's no way I can leave the restaurant right now with the book coming up. And um, yeah. you know, so there's times where I like, I like, just wish I could do whatever I want, yeah. and like, you know, have those things. But you know, then I think, yeah, but look what we've built. Yeah, it's. I mean, and it's all okay. Part. It's all yeah. okay. It's like you see one diner just enjoying yeah. the hell out of their meal. Exactly. And, yeah. Exactly. And then I think, you know, what? my friends can come see me. It's all good. I'll feed them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just say I exactly. Have, I have dried beef for you, and they'll come running. Yeah. Exactly. What about, what's a favorite business book you've read? Or it could be a book in general. Oh, um, you know, I don't know if I've actually, I'm guilty where I haven't read a lot of business books. Um, but what I will say is that I go over, even though I have like the, you know, the seven lawyers and all the things, <laughs> uh, I go over every single legal document myself as well. Oh, that's painful. It is. It's painful and I love it. And as yeah. we know, I'm a masochist, <laughs> uh, but I find it to be one of the most educating things that I can do. I can't even read half of the time. It's like Willis, this and that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm school of the hard knocks. Yeah. yeah. I'm school of the hard knocks. So for me, it's like, it's great that I've got representation and I love yeah. all of them. Um, but I also really like, I'm, I make it my business to be incredibly diligent yeah. about exactly what I'm doing and what I'm signing yep. and when I'm taking advice from, you know, legal or counsel, whatever, that I actually am educated enough to understand what they're telling me to do. I mean, ultimately the buck stops with you and yeah. you have to be, so I always say this is like, you should definitely lean on the experts for focus mm -hmm. and all those things, but it's so important to try to educate yourself wherever possible. We have yeah, to. You have yeah, to. We have there to. is no like, oh, I didn't know what it said. It's like you have no, to make you it your business know. to know what it said. You gotta know. Your yeah. signature's going on it. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. As, as much as it you know, it takes me like seven cups of coffee to get through. Oh yeah, I fall asleep all the time, <laughs> but you know what? It's like gotta do it. off. You gotta yeah. do it. Um, what about one business resource you feel like everybody should know about in the industry? Mm. You know, 
That's a really good question. Uh, you know, I think that I think that the best resource for me, you know, I can't, I can't really say like defer to uh, you know a publication or a book or anything like that. I think the best business resource for me, honestly, has been. Um, advice by other business owners yeah. and ones who are tremendously proven at what mm-hmm. they've done. Um, you know, I, I never like, I never, you know, I talk to people who like are, you know, the same thing, like one restaurant writing about whatever, same thing as me. But, um, what I'm more interested in is talking to people who've built a brand, who have, you know, been very successful at yeah. building their brand, have opened, you know, 20-something restaurants. You know, I met Martha Stewart the other day. I find her fascinating. Yeah, I mean, who um, doesn't? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, you know, it's like, I just, that's goals. Yeah. Right? You go public. That's yeah. goals, right? That's goals, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Martha, does she have a halo around her? You're like, oh my God, it's Martha. Well, she's like, OG. Oh, I don't know if it's a halo. I think it's OG. She's OG. I love it. I told her that too. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. besides Martha, who's another mentor, inspirational leader in the hospitality that industry that you look to? You know, um, I think Pat Lafrade, obviously, you know, everybody right. knows him out. Yeah, he's been very, very good to me. Um, but, you know, also to uh, Mario Carbone. I love Mario and, uh, you know, I'm not, I, you know, I'm, I'm one of these weird chefs that yeah. knows no other chef, um, cause that's just how I roll. But, uh, you know, Mario Carbone, I think is, uh, such an inspiration in what he's done with his empire. I think he's they fantastic. a really interesting one with yeah. his empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but you know, the thing is that he's always made me feel like home. Yeah. You know, he's always made me feel like family. He's yeah. always made me feel at home when I'm, I'm in the walls of one of his restaurants. Um, and, you know, to Riyadh, Nasser yeah. at Frenchette, I, I just, I cannot get enough of Riyadh. He's like my brother. He, you know, when I eat his food, it, it stirs emotions in me. And um, there's not a lot of people that I can say that about. And he is just somebody who is just salt of the earth. And I adore him. Yeah. I mean, Frenchette is just so amazing. And Major Food Group is such an interesting one because I feel like they, as a restaurant groups sort of fly under the radar they do yeah. like no press no PR mm-hmm. but they are busy every night and just doing mm-hmm. something really different and interesting exactly. so yeah I mean it all goes back to people right yeah it goes back to people yeah what about what's your favorite thing on the B menu right now I know it's like asking oh. which one is your favorite child but. yeah 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 that's really hard um you know so obviously and you know this about me Jenny is that uh I don't put anything on the menu that I don't love. Yeah. So, uh, obviously there's, you know, like no cooked fish on the menu and there's all the crustaceans and lots of raw things and beef. Um, but I, you know, everybody always asks me this and I, I gotta say it's the pork shoulder. The I've been pork cooking, shoulder. Yeah, I've been cooking that since I was 15. You know, I it's. I have had the pork shoulder now. I have oh, we gotta have to, to remedy it. that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but I've been, you know, I've been cooking that dish since I was 15 and it is, uh, it's family. It's family. It's family. delicious. Are you still doing the fried chicken at the bar? I am. I am. So everybody know that. And that's every day of the week? Mm Mm-hmm. I love it. Not on the menu, yeah. Not on the menu. Now everybody's (laughs) going to come in, you're going to be like... And they're going to ask for the fried chicken. They like, should. Thanks. They should. <laughs> Can I have the off-the-menu fried Everybody loves an off-the-menu thing. Yeah, they should get the fried chicken. I mean, it's delicious. Yeah, yeah. It's delicious. What was your biggest oh shit moment? It could be a good oh shit or a bad oh shit going from chef to owner. Uh, you know, three weeks ago, I got all these books delivered. 
and um, it took me a minute, and yeah. I would like you know I cried, I went through all the emotions, like all the things, because it's like I've been working on this book for six years, um, but you know about a week afterwards it had settled in, and I was you know holding this book in my hands. And I realized that there was a point six years ago where Pat Lafrade and I were sitting at my apartment um, and nobody knew who I was. I didn't have my own kitchen yet. I was like, you know, just starting this to work for Graydon at the Beatrice. And um, I remember the conversation. We had this, dis- I literally had this discussion with him last night um, where I said, do you remember this day? And he said, yeah, I do. And uh, we were sitting on the floor of my apartment and we decided six years ago who I was going to become. And you manifested your destiny. Yeah. I made a list and I said, this is what I want to do. I want to buy a restaurant. I want to cook the food of my childhood. I want to be in business with my family. I want to write a cookbook. I want it to be a cookbook that's disruptive. It's not even a cookbook. I've stopped calling it a cookbook because it's not. It's a book. Um, but, you know, I said I was going to write a book and it was going to be disruptive and it was going to be the exact opposite of everybody else's stuff. And I was going to be unapologetically myself. And... We sat there and made that plan, and I realized three weeks ago that I've literally done every single thing on my list. So time to make a new list, girl. What are you going to do? I'm working on it. You're working, <laughs> I'm working on, on it. it. I love it. That's a pretty good oh shit moment. Yeah, it's really humbling. That's amazing. Scary and humbling. Scary and humbling. Yeah, I got a new fire lit. It's good. <laughs> it's <laughs> well, really good. I'm excited to check in with you and see what's on your list in like yeah. three years from now. Yeah, yeah. See how many things you've checked. Oh, you off. check it. You check in with me next week. I'll be. You'll be. You'll be working on it. I yeah. love it. Um, all right, so let's shout out some restaurants and bars or things that are opening soon. So I think we've just heard Angie has a book coming out called <clears throat> Butcher and Beast, dropping officially October, October. 1. But you can pre-order it on Amazon. It. I already did, and I can't wait to get yeah, it because yeah. we, we love keep a good stock of, of course. great books at the Tillet yeah, HQ. No, it's, it's Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and of course, like I'm always big on supporting a lot of the you know local retailers as well. Um, it's it's available on all platforms. It's oh, exciting. So exciting. And or you come into the bar and have some fried chicken and, you know, I have them in my office and we'll sell <laughs> yeah. it there. She'll sell it there. You can get her to sign it while yes. she's in her chef weights and she'll try, exactly. not, try not to get the fried chicken exactly. grease on it. And you said it's not quite a book, not quite a cookbook. Tell, tell me what you mean by that. Uh, you know, it changed a lot when I was writing it and it started out as just recipes mm-hmm. and um, then it changed to essays and uh, stories and... And I think it's really important to uh, acknowledge that. So at this point, I think it's like, you know, it's 50% recipes, 50% like a, almost like a mini memoir. I you love know? it. And, um, but it deals with a lot of, you know, the trials and tribulations of, you know, what it takes to do business uh, and own a successful restaurant in arguably the hardest city in the world to make it. For sure. So there you go. Another little piece of business. It could be somebody's favorite business book coming exactly. up. Exactly. I you hope never so. Never know. Yeah. Awesome. Um, some people, I would like to shout out my brother is opening a bathhouse in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Um, so exciting. two weeks. So stay tuned for that. They'll also have a restaurant. Um, I will be there. Yes. So it'll be like day passes. Very like, yeah. it's all about like peak performance. <clears throat> so they have all sorts of saunas. Yeah. And there's also a wonderful cafe that is run by Akiva who also owns Eve's and Tribeca. Um, so we're excited for that. The other thing that I've got coming up that's yeah. also really exciting is, um, I mean, obviously your fashion.
Fashion Girl, yeah. as am I. Um, so one of the really exciting things that we've got coming up is uh, I'm doing a collab with um, a clothing brand called Autumn Studios and, um, and Johnny Miller, who was a photographer for our book. Um, so it's a very, very limited run, and we've taken some of the most amazing artwork in the book, which was shot exclusively in Polaroid. Um, and doing a club, yeah. So we're doing a streetwear collab with them. Because, How cool! Yeah, I mean, as you know, like I'm either dressed to the nines in like That's a tuxedo so or a ball gown, yeah. or I'm like with you like know over four inch heels, yeah. yeah, or I'm oversized sweats and all the diamonds, and it's like Biggie Smalls, <laughs> right? So or in chef whites, yeah, yeah. Those are yeah, yeah. So it's it's one of those three. So yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're doing a collab, a streetwear collab with Autumn it. Studios, and uh, it's only going to be. I think we're releasing like 150 pieces each. Mm. Um, How do I get item. on this mailing list? I'll get it to you. Yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. And it's actually dropping uh, when the book releases, the same day that the book releases too. Super cool. Yeah, and each article of clothing, it's all individually numbered. And it's, it's like, like it's the stuff that I want to live in. Awesome. Yeah, it's really great. So August, or August, October 1st is a big day. So it's everybody big day for us. watch yeah. it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, special thanks to you, Angie. Loved having you. you on the show. Um, for our listeners, we'll post a wrap up of today's show at tillitnyc.com and we'll also send one to your inbox. So if you're not on our mailing list, get on it. Um, Angie, can you tell everybody where they can find you on social? Yeah. Uh, so my social on Instagram is at Angie K. Marr. Um, and then obviously there's the Beatrice in. Right. Um, so it's great. Yeah. Go and eat fried chicken at the bar or the pork shoulder. Or the pork shoulder. Or the yeah. Pork shoulder. <laughs> um, if you like this episode about the path to ownership and we talked a lot about mentorship as well, then make sure to tune in next week. We have a special episode with chef Edward Lee and the mentees from the Lee initiative, which is his like mentorship program. So I'm excited for that one. Please follow our journey on heritage radio and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher and anywhere else where you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on at we are opening soon and at till it NYC. Thank you for coming on. Loved having you. Thank you so much. This program is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.